That's some good singing right there. I can't drive no kind of plane. If you would, turn with me to the gospel according to Mark, chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and we'll be reading from the verses 21 through 28. This morning we're continuing talking about the miracles of Jesus. And we're following along with the Bible classes. And and this morning uh, we're going to be talking about Jesus and how he cast out an unclean spirit or a demon. Jesus faced demons in his ministry and when he faced them, he cast them out. And some people believe in the religious world today that demons still possess people. That you can still be possessed by a demon. And before we begin, I just kind of want to deal with that. Hold your fingers in Mark and go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Actually, chapter 12. At the end of chapter 12, verse 29. You see... In order to show somebody or tell somebody the truth, it can't be your opinion. It has to be God's Word. And God's Word will show you how to tell somebody the truth. Because Jesus says what? You'll know the truth and it'll set you free. But in order to know the truth, it only can come from God's Word. And in this in this area of Corinthians, second, second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29, he's talking about these spiritual gifts. And he says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts? And yet I show you a more excellent way. And in chapter 13... Verses 8 through 10, he tells us this most excellent or more excellent way. He says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. Spiritual gifts were in part because the completed Word of God had not come yet. Brothers and sisters, we can confidently know that God has given us everything we need to be able to tell somebody the truth in God's Word. And there's no longer a need for miracles. So we think about, uh, just think about this for a minute. A person who was possessed by a demon would have to have it cast out of them. And see, God wouldn't do away with the miracle of casting a demon out and then allow people to be demon-possessed. It just doesn't make sense. You can't go contrary to God's Word. 
God said that miracles are done and therefore we don't have the ability to cast a demon out of a person. Demons, you know, they, they actually went into the bodies of people. And, you know, you think about in Mark 5, there's a story. Jesus comes off the sea and there's this man and he's possessed uh, by the unclean spirits or demons and he's in the tombs and he has these chains around him and nobody can bind him. He's cutting himself. He's doing all kinds of, of crazy things and he, almost, he has this supernatural ability, you know, like the Avengers. He's got this supernatural natural ability to do things. And when you think about today and you think about somebody who was demon-possessed, have you ever heard of them being able to not be bound? It's just, it's just crazy when you really think about it. Uh, when you think about the actuality of, of a person being possessed by a demon. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you. This is a great verse for it too. 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So just like I said earlier, if demons took over your body... They would change who you are. They change the person. And you know, we have many examples. People walking into fire, doing things that weren't in their mind. And what Paul says is, you can't be overtaken except what is common to man. God's Word is awesome. It tells you. It's not going to be something that uh, can overtake you that's not common to man. Understanding that uh, we don't have demon possession, possession, possess, that's my word, Sammy. Possession around today is one thing. But to think for one second that they're gone is another thing. You know, let's read this story uh, as we begin thinking about that. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region of Galilee. Jesus is in the synagogue, the place of worship for the Jews. 
And guess who is in the place of worship? An unclean spirit. And that's kind of where I want to begin and I want to focus our point. My points this morning on is the devil and his demons are in the church. And we need to understand how he's in the church and what he's doing in the church. Because if we don't realize and understand that Satan and his demons are doing stuff, then we are not understanding what the Bible teaches. Because Satan wants to seek, kill, and destroy anybody who loves the Lord. And I want to begin by talking a little bit about the demons and Satan. You know... If we want to understand how the devil and his demons are working in the church, first we must realize that Satan is religious. He's religious. You know, I was reading a quote from a commentary. I thought it was pretty good. He said, The devil is a better theologian than any of us, but he's still the devil. Think about it. Jesus is going into the wilderness to get tempted. And what does Satan use? Scripture. Satan knows the Bible. Satan understands the story of, of, uh, of everything. He understands the story of Jesus coming. He understands all of that. You know, uh, James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God and you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe. You know, uh, the demons believe that there's one God. But he don't have any respect for him. Look at this, look at what this uh, demon says right here in verse 24. He says, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? He, un- he, he understood that Jesus was a man. And then look what he says. He says, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God, the God-man. He knew who he was. He understood who he was. But he has no respect for him. Yes, he trembles and yes, he fears when he's in his presence. But when he's away from him, he's trying to do whatever he can to bring brothers and sisters and Christians down. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14 real quick. I want to show you about this religious devil. He's religious and he believes in God. But here in this context, Isaiah is talking about the uh, king of Babylon and it reminds him of somebody just like... In Ezekiel, there's a passage uh, where he's talking about the king of Tyree and it reminds him of somebody. And look who he talks about right here. Isaiah 14, chapter 12, I mean, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 and 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. Satan wants to be like the Most High. Yeah, he's religious, but he's got his own religion. He's got his own religion. You see, if we want to know what the devil and his demons are doing in the church, he's presenting false doctrine. Listen to this. He does not care if you show up for worship or not. Here's the church that the devil wants you to be a part of. He don't care. It don't matter. He loves seeing folks talking about each other. He loves seeing people exalting themselves. He loves it when we are preoccupied with other things. He loves it when we don't put our hearts in worship. He loves that. And this is my favorite one. And I'm guilty of this. And I hate it. He loves seeing people going through the motions. Loves that. False doctrine. You want to worship somebody? Worship me. You don't even have to come to church. You don't have to worship. Think about you and think about what you want to do because that's what's important here. He gives you that false illusion. He gives you that false illusion that, you know what? Live like you want to live right now, teenagers. Just live like you want to live now. Because you'll be able to make it later on. Just do what you do right now, however you want. And you know what? Later on, you'll have a great testimony. You'll be able to tell somebody, you know, I used to live like this, but now I live for God. But we're not promised tomorrow, are we? Every single day we should live for the Lord and be pleasing to Him because who knows what could happen to you. But Satan's working in the church. He wants us to be down. He wants us to think about nothing other than ourself and about our, our, our great or our sorry lives, however it may go but anything to not think about God and what He wants and what He wants for us and has planned for us. <laughs> the third thing that Satan and his demons are doing in the church is they're looking for prey. I make fun of Todd all the time. I'm just going to go ahead and put him out there. He has a uh, dislike for lions. He doesn't like lions. But 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil does what? He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's hungry. 
Hey, you know what? I'll give Satan this. He's trying to go out and do his mission. He's going out and preaching his gospel. Huh? He's seeking who he can devour. That's terrible. You know, in the Genesis account, think about it. Think about Adam and Eve. Think about when he's talking to Eve. He says, you know, she says, well, we can't eat of this tree because if we do, God told us not to. He says, what? (laughs) The only reason why he don't want you to eat that is because he don't want you to be like him. He's a straight up liar. In his church, you can lie. You can sneak around and lie and talk about people. You can do whatever you want in his church. But you know what? That illusion and the build-up and the hype for him and the things that he can do, you know, sometimes you think, man, I don't know if I can overcome these things. Because here I am and I think about myself, sometimes I'm wrapped up in these type situations. But brothers and sisters, we can overcome it. And here's how. Here's how. We have to be steadfast in our faith. In our faith. You know your faith, what you believe. You remember you obeyed the gospel. You became a child of God. And you know what? You started uh, doing the things that God wanted you to do. You started looking forward to coming and worshiping. You came and you started enjoying being around the brothers and sisters. You enjoyed being at the youth activities. You, You was excited about telling somebody about the gospel and who Jesus was. Have you lost that? To be steadfast in our faith, that word means to be strong, to be firm, to be immovable, solid, hard, rigid. I'm a Christian. I'll never sway from what I believe. No matter how big the obstacle, no matter how big the temptation that Satan puts in front of me. That's what he is. He's, he's sneaky. He puts these silly temptations in front of us. And they may not be silly. They may be legit temptations that he knows he can get you on. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I know I'm, uh, it may seem like I'm just being yelling at you, but I'm not. I don't want you to think that at all. I want to encourage us because this is a great crowd this morning. And I want to encourage all of you to remember what we can do as Christians to change the world. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We don't have to stand here and take what Satan does to us. You know what we can do? We can do something. 
We can do something and do it constantly and do it all the time. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I remember, Luke. Luke and them always say that I'll give you the chapter, and you may notice this, I'll give you the chapter, but I don't give you the verses. Well, I'm working on that, all right? I'll get you to the verses. Just give me some time to get. Luke's got me straightened out on that. Thank you. Ephesians 6.10. Be encouraged by this. Be encouraged by this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We don't battle flesh and blood. We battle Satan and the demons, the ones who really hate you, the ones who really want to cause uh, havoc in your families and in your lives. It's not flesh and blood. When we come to the realization that we're battling Satan and the demons instead of people, we'll have a different concept of our, of our mind towards how we treat people. If I'm mad at Kenny, then I act in a certain way. But if I understand that Satan is trying to make me mad at Kenny, then I'm going to treat it in another way. I'm going to say, you know what? I know Kenny did me dirty. He always does me dirty. He always does me bad. But that's okay. Because I love him. And I'm going to hug him. And I'm going to do my best to not show that I'm mad or sad or whatever. And if I need to talk to him in a way, I'll try. And if I can't get along with him right then, I'll try again. But I'll never stop trying to shine my light for God. Listen to what he says. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Therefore, take up the whole, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore girded with your waist with truth. We know the truth. We obey the gospel. We know that the only thing that we need to survive in this world today is the Bible and the truth that's in it. God's Word. Okay? Then he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I have the breastplate of righteousness because I obey the gospel. I'm a Christian. I can walk and have it out there. You know, them breastplates was big. And they were to protect me. And I'm protected by understanding I'm a child of God. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I have the gospel in my mind and I'm ready to be able to go tell somebody the truth. Above all, taking the shield of faith, be steadfast in your faith. Your shield is your faith. You know, when they shoot the darts, what does he say? which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. When I have my shield of faith, 
I want my shield to be big, don't you? I want my shield of faith to be big. So by trusting and knowing what God tells me to do, and I do it, therefore that makes my shield big. And I want it to be big and big, bigger, bigger, bigger. Because every time the darts get thrown, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I can block these darts because I understand that Satan's going to attack me because I'm effective for the kingdom. That's how we have to think. I'm effective for the kingdom. Me as myself, I'm effective in what I do and what I say and how I act. Listen to what else he says. And take the helmet of salvation. I'm saved. I know it in my mind. And that protects me from temptations, from from evil situations. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm a different type of person. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That sword's sharp, ain't it, Billy Joe? That thing cuts. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. How's your prayer life? Are you even praying at all? Or are you a go-through-the-motions type prayer? See, in Satan's church, you can pray and just go through the motions, and that's okay. Are you honestly taking time to pray for brethren? Are you honestly taking time to pray for yourselves and the way that you act and the way that you can uh, take on situations? You know, I think, I think really when I think about it and I get so pumped up about this situation is because we are in a spiritual warfare. And me personally and I know there's a lot in the congregation too, I'm not going to stand around and let Satan overtake everybody. The gospel is too important to me. Being steadfast in our faith is seen right through what the devil or the demons present in front of us. And when we see it, we resist it. You know, when I should be here, guess what? (laughs) I'm here. Because that's resisting the devil. Don't fall into the trap of trying to make it right in your mind. Well, if I've whatever, however, you know what you need to do and you know how you need to do it. And we have to do that. And when we do that, we grow. We grow. You know, uh, we understand that no matter what, we're going to do what we want to do. Right? Right? We're going to do exactly what we want to do. But what we have to understand as children of God, if you're a child of God, 
is we have to do what He wants us to do. And sometimes that's hard. It's hard for me. So whatever the situation, if it's contrary to God's Word, resist it. And when you resist it, guess what? The devil flees from you. Now, does he leave? No, he'll come back with something else. But he will flee from you. As the story ends, we see Jesus casting... Go back with me to the end. We see Jesus casting the evil spirit out of the man... And many of the people were amazed and began to question and realize uh, that he was casting out this demon with some type of authority. He said, look at verse 27. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. As people of God, children of God, this is, this is, I love this, thinking about this. We can do just like Jesus. When we do God's word, what He says, what He commands, especially in temptations or trials, we show ourselves as a shining light. These demons knew who Jesus was. Do the demons know who you are? Remember, they knew who Paul was. Do they know who you are? Oh, that's a child of God. What do you have to do with me? And when we do that, we change the community, the people around us. I close with this, 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8. I want to encourage you to think about this verse. Meditate on it. Pray about it. Think about it. 1 John 3.8 says this, He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Brothers and sisters, we must never lose sight of how awesome a victory that we have in Jesus. It should make us happy. It should make us be excited to tell people that we're Christians.
And we can be excited to tell them that that came through what Jesus did. The question is, will we show how much we love Jesus by attacking the devil and the demons and not allow them to creep in on us and destroy the body of Christ? Armor up, brothers and sisters. Be excited. Have the gospel on your tongue. Think about ways you can affect people's lives instead of letting Satan affect yours. Are you here today and you are struggling with Satan and his tactics? Are you struggling with being faithful? Are you struggling with anything? You can come forward and, and, and the saints can pray for you. Hey, let's get real. This is a real ball game we plan. This ain't a basketball or a football game. This is life. We're talking about souls. Remember we talked about compassion of Jesus. Do you have compassion for Jesus? Do you have compassion for yourself? Do you have compassion for others? Are you affecting others? You can make it right. Are you here today and you need to obey the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus came and died, was buried, and rose again? Do you believe that you need to repent of your sins? You know, he says, he who sins is of the devil, an enemy of God. Are you willing to repent and turn from those and confess before men that you believe? I know that Ethiopian eunuch, can you believe how excited he must have been? He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that. Because he knew that when he got baptized, his sins were washed away. He was a new creation. And you can be today. Why wait? And you can begin this journey and learn how to attack the devil and his demons and the things that he tries to do to tear us from the love of Christ. I love y'all so much. And I thank you for allowing me to preach God's word. And I urge and I beg and I plead that if you need to obey the gospel, you need to do it right now. But it can't be me, it has to be you. You have to make that decision for yourself. And if you'd love to make that decision and change your life forever, come right now, together we stand and sing.